Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi everybody, this is Lori Handlers. And you're listening to another episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about your sex and your happiness. Today, you have the option to listen or watch. And um, I've been doing that lately because we're in this crazy coronavirus time. So watching sometimes is a better option for people. Maybe they're tired of Netflix, so they want to watch Sex and Happiness. Yay. Today, we're going to be talking about making love with life. And... um, this is a super important subject near and dear to me, and um, this is one of my best friends. So, um, so I'd like to introduce you to Crystal Dawn Morris. And Crystal Dawn is, uh, we are co-teachers. We are colleagues. We teach together a lot. We're super close. And let me tell you a little bit about her background. Um, she started a school called Tantraversity. And she is also a lead faculty member of ISTA, International School of Temple Arts. And she's going to tell us a little more about this, but this is something, this is a factoid about her, which is that she was a midwife and um, she has delivered over 2,500 baby human beings onto this planet. And so we're going to hear a little bit about her background, how she got to be who she is. And then we're going to find out about how you make love with life. So, Crystal Dawn, welcome to Sex and Happiness. Well, I'm happy to be on Sex and Happiness. And I feel like right now, one of the things that, that this coronavirus kind of being, you know, sheltering in place is, is forcing us to maybe face up to, to our own discomforts about what it means not to be distracted as much in the world. And I think that a lot about what you and I both you know, teach people about and are inspired by and have, you know, worked in our own lives to, to cultivate is how to be like making love with life. And I know you teach Lottie Han and that we just talking about making love with the unknown, which so it's right. kind of like just two sides of the same coin, light, the dark, no difference, emptiness, form, no difference. And that's pretty a good. Um, yeah. Like I think you and I are good mirrors for each other. That's why we love teaching the other. Exactly. We have a lot of fun. We really do. We've been in many, many parts of the world together. And, um, and it's so, and whenever we're together, it's an adventure, you know, yeah, whatever we're doing, it's an adventure. So it, it is. And uh, yeah, and I so appreciate having, having a, a sister like you on the, on the path and, we, you know, and being able to watch each other's journeys. And I think, yeah, I think we first met, it was like in 2008. Uh, when I first met you, but I knew about you before that. I knew about yes. you through YouTube, I think. This first, I That's first great. Thank you. you. Little plug for YouTube, Lori Handler's yeah. channel. Yeah. Anyway, let's, uh, let's go. Let's, let's talk a little bit about how, so you started as a uh, midwife, but there, you had a start before that, that I have prior knowledge yeah. about. How did you get on this path? Well, so I wanted to just start out by saying that one of the things that I'm going to be talking about today is how I, how I can help you to open your heart so you can make love with life. So that's really the intention of what making love with life is. It's about really how do we open our hearts and, uh, and not just like the physical heart, or our energetic heart, but really the heart of our, of our true nature. 
Good. That's really what we're going to talk about. And I was going to just um, just share a little bit about the heart before I go into that story. Good. And that is that the heart is uh, has a, a the electrical field of the heart is a thousand times stronger than the brain, and the magnetic field of our heart is five thousand times more powerful than our brain. So that part of this this learning how to connect at our heart level, which I know you you teach as well, is that's why it's more important really than connecting to our minds. Even though the minds are, are an erogenous zone, if we aren't really dropped into our heart, we're not going to be able to make that really deep, more powerful electromagnetic connection that creates the juice that I know you and I both love. Do you know, can I just say to you here, I bet you know this, but what I learned in one of these moments about ancient Egypt is when they put the bodies, the sarcophagus into those pyramids and stuff, they took out the brain and they threw it out, but they thought that their, that their kings were, and queens were going to be reincarnated or be reborn in the same body. And they left the heart in a, in a special chalice or a special kind of container because the heart was seen to be the most, the more important yes. organ. So yeah. what you're saying like confirms, I didn't know that about the frequencies, but that yeah. confirms why the Egyptians were so smart. Yes. So, cause, cause actually the brain is really helpful in, in um, navigating ordinary reality, but it's not so <laughs> non-ordinary reality, which is where the Egyptians, you know, when they die, they're connecting with the greater reality. So that's part of this, this journey of um, making love with life. And so, so how I kind of got initiated into this was uh, when I was 16, um, took some psychedelics, which was not an unusual thing. I did that, you know, <laughs> a couple times a month. Right. <laughs> particular time, I had these click sticks from Brazil, and I sat in front of a fire for like eight hours with these click sticks doing this. What I later found out is called shamanic driving. So I put myself into an even more altered state, not just through the, the drugs, but through this, these click sticks. What is a click stick? I don't know what that it's is. It's like they're the mahogany click sticks. They're, they're they click together. Oh. Kind of like they use like a drum in the jungle because it's too right. wet to use drums. So they have right. these click sticks. So um, they create a sound that puts you into a trance state. It changes the brainwaves. Mm -hmm. And um, and then that morning when the sun came up, I went outside and I had this amazing experience as I was walking a few blocks. I was in the San Fernando Valley of L.A. and I walked about, you know, six blocks to the local park, Reseda Park, and people in, from L.A. And uh, but on this walk, I felt felt like, oh my God, I connect. I was so connected with everything. There was no separation between me and everything that I saw. And um, went to the park and had an amazing experience just looking at the ducks in the pond and everything. And came home, went to bed, uh, woke up several hours later, you know, and I was still having this experience. And this experience went on every day for seven days. And I kept going to weirder, you know, like I'd go to ugly places and, you know, different places that wouldn't necessarily feel it's like beautiful. And I would still feel the same amount of connection. In it. And there was like this big heart space, which was kind of very blissful. Mm. So that went on for seven days. And then the eighth morning, you know, about the fourth day, I thought, oh, this is my life. I'm just going to be in bliss for the rest of my life. But on the seventh, the eighth morning, I woke up and I was back in just ordinary reality. So that really kind of um, initially that was like a little shocking to me. I know. What a bummer. 
Yeah, I was like, how did that happen? Because on some <laughs> level, I still knew it was there, but I wasn't feeling it. And I was like, how could this happen? And then I was confused, like, what, what am I supposed to do now? Like, why would I have that experience and then it'd be taken away? And, um, and so the message, I prayed about that, and the message I got was, go find a man and have children. So that's how I ended up heading off to a commune and meeting the man who started the commune. And we eventually uh, got together and had a child. And then eventually we got married and had a journey together for about 16 years. We had a second son. And that's how I got on the midwife path, because through my pregnancy and birth and, you know, early mothering experiences, I just felt for me that showed me that I was the divine, you know, being pregnant and, you know, bringing forth life. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm the divine. I mean, it was just on, uh, on WhatsApp. I just found out that someone else in our Insta tribe just had her baby. Yeah, Abhishek. Abhishek. So I, so I was just like feeling that energy right before I got on this call. I was like, oh my God, Abhishek had her baby. And I just, and she's also really into women's health and teaching women about being the goddess. So for me, that helped me start to recognize like, oh, it's not that because I was raised Protestant. And so, you know, God was always very masculine, right? Even Jesus is a man, even though I thought Jesus was about love, it was always about men. And um, suddenly I was like, wait a minute, there's, I'm the divine too. And right. so then becoming a midwife, I was saying this yesterday on a group I was on studying ta- some ta- a Tantra book together in a book club. I was saying I worshiped at the, at the altar of the Yoni for 25 years, you know, catching babies. And, and there's nothing more sacred than watching new life be born and recognizing each child is the divine child. And so that means everybody out there who's hearing this or seeing this is the divine and to me that's what tantra is it's about awaking up to recognize the divine in you it's not plus, everything around you plus there's some ridiculous number of the odds against being impregnated like there's a like it's four billion to one that any of us would exist that uh, that that egg would be fertilized by that sperm and you would be you and i would be me and like it's, it's, even though it seems like, oh, oh my God, somebody just got pregnant or whatever, it's really the odds are against it. It's really against it. So I mean, it, is, it is divine. It is a miracle that any of us yeah. exist and that we yeah. know each other. And that the planet exists, you know, the universe right. exists. I mean, and so, so part of this idea of the making love with life is the recognition that we're, that we're divine that and that's a big a big part of what tantra is about is like recognizing what what is it, what does it mean to be the i am the i am is not just about me the person or me the mind or me the body but it's something even bigger and that's why i'm saying we really feel that connection through the heart and that's why the, the work that we do is is so powerful because when we're working together through an ISTA training we spend a week taking people on this deep dive into the heart space so we can connect not only emotionally and not only physically and, and um, energetically, but at a level of, of, the, of the bigger container, of the, of at the spiritual level, whatever you want yeah. to call that, sure, at the level sure. of source or consciousness. Good. Um, so, so this is a perfect place for us to take a break because okay. when we come back, we're going to talk about that heart space, uh, making love with life, like what that looks like, like what do people have to do? Are there practices? Is it practical? Uh, how could somebody just do that in their life? So yep. so uh, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Sex and Happiness or you're seeing us on Sex and Happiness, we're going to take a short commercial break. 
Today, I'm interviewing my dear friend and colleague, like somebody I've probably taught with now more than anybody else, like on the, really on the planet, Crystal Dawn Morris. And so um, we're happy here to be together. We make love to life. We, know, we both do, or with life, and, and Crystal's talking about the upcoming book. So stay tuned. We're coming right back. Did you ever stop to think that love is your birthright? That you don't need to earn it or prove it. You just need to live it. I'm personally inviting you to the path of true love, power, and freedom. If you're ready to enliven your soul through conscious sexuality and dive deeply into profound ritual that frees your heart, I'm inviting you to join us for the spiritual sexual shamanic experience. This is better known to most of you as the ISTA Level 1 training. I am regularly leading these courses along with a team of accomplished facilitators all around the world. As a matter of fact, these trainings have taken place in 34 countries. For information on when I'm leading, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com. Or for a full schedule, you can go to SchoolofTempleArts.org. Please consider this invitation seriously because love and freedom are your natural state of being. Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? Attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handlers right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle. Doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handlers. Only nineteen ninety nine paperback and fourteen ninety nine ebook. Order your copy today by going to Butterfly Workshops dot com that's butterflyworkshops.com for your copy of sex and happiness my question for people right now is if you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this because many women say that their feelings of desire arousal and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like so I want to tell you about Zestra because Zestra was developed to meet this much-needed option for women. Uh, Zestra is safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts, and it's created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single-dose personal packets. Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh, and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes. And at about 10 minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush. And that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction. That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So... 
I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want, please call 877-426-8047. That's 877-426-8047. And please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handler's on the Sex and Happiness Show. And we're back with Sex and Happiness. And we're going to delve now into a little bit about what does that look like? What does it mean to make love with life? So what does it mean to make love with life now that you're a divine being? <laughs> well, so, so this idea of making love with life, just like with great sex, it's, it's the sense of the connection, right? When you're having great sex, what makes it great, at least in my experience, is that the sense of the separation disappears. Somehow through the process of making love, we drop into a sense of connection, of unity, of something greater than you know, the sum of our parts, right? Yeah, we merge actually. We right, merge we, into, I look, like to look at it like loosening molecules, like they just get loose and, <laughs> and, like, and then float. Yeah, so they, we expand. So that heart space that we, we got, go into, now it's doubled because there's two of us. And then those two magnetic, electromagnetic fields expand. And I think from my experience is that they, like, almost like they, it's like the Big Bang, right? It explodes. Right. And uh, you both disappear into something bigger than yourselves. And that I had that experience happen to me spontaneously in 1988 when after I left my marriage, the first lover I had, we're making love one day and, uh, and I literally felt my Kundalini wake up and I just shot out of my body and went into this vast space of, con- I don't know, you know, I can't really talk about it, but I, I was just like everything in the universe. And I heard the sound of Om, which I also was. And then some, at some point I came back in my body and my lover was still, you know, there inside of me. And, and I was like, wow. And he's like, yeah, that was good. I'm like, no, 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 I mean the sex. I mean the, the, the kundalini and merging with the universe. And he didn't quite know what I was talking about. So then I was like, oh, <laughs> that's interesting. How could he not have noticed that? Because for me, it was like everything. So it doesn't always necessarily happen with the person you're with in the same way. Yes. But again, it became for me like a question, like what was that and how did it happen? And I, hadn't, I didn't know that the kundalini had something to do with tantra. And so about a year later, the, uh, Margot Anand's book, The Art of Sexual Ecstasy, came out, and uh, some other books came out on Tantra, kind of Neo-Tantra. So that's how I kind of got onto my Tantra path. And I think that part of, in the, in the non-dual Tantra world, the, you know, tradition, we would say desire, which is often uh, kind of vilified in most religions, right? Most religions say desire bad you know, transcendence. Right. It's sinful. That's a sin to have desire. Like, right. It's something selfish or I don't know, or, or could lead you to acts of badness or whatever. I'm not religious, so I never was educated like that, but I, I've dealt with enough people and lovers who felt guilty after we had sex because of desire, blah, blah, blah. So in the non-dual tantra tradition, rather than saying desire bad, Desire is recognized as the creative impulse of the universe. So just like at the beginning, before the Big Bang, there was something that created the Big Bang, the source consciousness, whatever we want to call that. Uh, And somehow that potential, I like to call it potential, because if you call it anything else, your mind wants to turn it into a thing, and it wasn't a thing. 
but it was pure potential that's create that created so much energy that had so much power and energy that it created the big bang and that big bang created everything that exists now and we're part of what that is we're not we're we're made out of the same stuff as stars so i just want to say that when you call it potential i love that it's like for a really long time i had the analogy of a matchbook and like a matchbook is just potential it's a book with matches that have combustion possibility but they have to be struck to make the fire and the only thing that would cause the fire is the desire to take one and right. strike otherwise it's just sitting there as potential nothing happening right right and we, and and we also know that that if you don't know how to use the potential correctly so like if you're a five-year-old kid and you want to figure out how to use I mean I remember this when I was a kid because back books probably yeah for young people today you may not know what a book of matches is but in the olden times right. <laughs> this was something that kids were fascinated Him by and we always wanted to play with yeah <laughs> and they weren't it wasn't so easy to strike those matches however if we don't know how to use the energy properly we could burn ourselves or catch the house on fire so it's also there's power there's power in that a potential. lot a lot and so we need to so part of the tantric path is also to learn how to work with our desire in ways that is in service to ourselves in service to the world that's creative um and not to um make anything bad because the life cycle of life involves and i'm going to talk a little bit more about that involves the the journey of creation maintaining dissolving you know it's a it's a process exactly none of us, you know even even the moralists i imagine have you know eventually the, if not they don't die eventually the sun dies the planet goes dark but things do die i mean we it is a cycle of birth and death because there's like even now in the coronavirus many things are dying off to us that right. were our ways of being so this is a rebirth process for those of us who choose to see it and make love to it as opposed to resist exactly so so this desire we, we can say that there's desire at the big at the macro level like the the desire of consciousness or the divine or the universe and then there's there's also the personal desire so in in non in tantra part of our journey is to learn how to connect so it's kind of clear away some of those obscurations they usually say uh that make us think that our desires are different than the divines so as we make ourselves like a clearer container so like when we we do those kind of opening i like to call it the central pleasure channel but when we do those things to open our central channel and move our our sex in our sexual energy which is our life force energy up through our heart and you know connect with the the universe then we have that ability to start to feel that we're our desire and the desire of the universe are not separate right they're expressions they're, they're we're more tuned into what i call the true self so we can mm. really bring that that divine desire through and that's when you and and i know because you you teach sex magic and i'm sure people out there who know your show have heard about sex magic they have that's that's what sex magic is we're connecting our desire with the divine and we're asking to to sh- for the divine to show us how uh, we can manifest those things in a way that's for our best and highest good is how i like totally it. it's not for our selfish needs to or to influence another person it's like i want to bring all my gifts show me how i can really tune into my divinity 
and bring that power through for the best and highest good. And this is what, you know, this is my idea of what that might look like. But I also like to always say, uh, this or something better, which I learned from. Yes, this or something better. You do say that. I forget to say that, but when I'm with you, I remember, I go, oh yeah, this was something better. But I want to just come back and say, point out that you said not to influence another person. Yeah. Because to me, I tell people that's just not going to end up that good. Like yeah. we're trying, when we're, that's like called casting a spell on someone. And that, like I leave people alone. I might want people to be attracted to something that I'm doing. And so I create myself as the clearest channel to be shining so they can see my beam. But I'm not going to say, and I want this one and this one and this one to do what I want them to do. Yeah, that's like causing black magic or casting a spell on someone, and that isn't what I hear you saying at all. And I I appreciate that exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and there are some cultures, like in India, even today, some people associate the word tantra with black magic. Yes, that they were associated at one point in time. I would say that was like not in the peak of tantric, the tantric uh, culture, but more later when the kind of the the true. Um, teachings kind of got muddled by egos. Yes. Yes. Who's, whose phone is doing that ding? Oh, it's mine. Hold on. Ding-a-ding-a-ding. I, I heard a ding-a-ding-a-ding. So. so, yeah. So, so it's a, so part of this making love with life is attuning our, our creative life force energy with that of the, of the creation, whatever word you want to use for that. Right. Okay. So that we're, we're in, it's, it's about being in the flow when we're feeling that connection and you can feel it in your life when you're tuned in, everything's flowing, you're meeting the right people, the right opportunities are opening. You're, you're magnetizing the people to you. It's not, not because you're trying to manipulate people, but simply by beaming your light and people who feel attracted to that show up. And so that's, that's really what I think we teach in ISTA is how to start to live in that way. And that, and, and we also teach that in our, in our other work as well. Yes, that's right. I, like, when are you not doing it? I'm, we're always doing it. Yeah, exactly. And you're, and we're living it. And that's the difference between us and some other people who are just talking about it. Like, exactly. you're living it. I'm living it. There's no question about that. So how do you, how, give us an example or a tip on how you, you might do that. Like, there's the coronavirus. Life threw us all a big curveball. Okay, right. now what? Well, one of the things I did recently was I was meditating and I decided I wanted to connect with the actual consciousness of the coronavirus. So I like called the coronavirus to come and like let, be with me. Like I became one with the coronavirus. I made love with the coronavirus, you could say. It. It, wasn't, it wasn't a real sexual experience, but it was a definitely emerging of consciousness. And what I fa- found was that this coronavirus, there was nothing about it that felt malevolent. It felt very much like it was trying to communicate and show us how connected we all are. So there's seven and a half billion people on this planet and the coronavirus is showing us not only are we connected through, you know, Facebook and the internet, but we're connected through our nervous systems. We're connected through our immune systems. We're connected through our monetary systems, through our economies. Like we're connected on all these levels. Yeah. And like one of the, I mean, one of the things that we've seen when people stop just going running around busily doing stuff maybe that's not in their highest good because they feel like they're supposed to or because they, they you know, for whatever reason. Or it could be just, we, just a routine or a habit or something yeah. rote. 
Yeah. But we create a lot of pollution, right? So like the air over China suddenly is clear. The waters of Venice are suddenly clear. I mean, this whole um, kind of moment of the pausing, as some people are calling it, is, t is showing us that sometimes maybe we're not always coming from our heart. Maybe we're very much in our heads. And I think you see this in a lot of the, <laughs> the people in the governments who are all the talking heads in the governments who are trying to figure out what to do. But to me, I want to say stop, guys. And, and, and the only one I've heard good things about is the prime minister of New Zealand, who's a woman. She's like 39. Right. Um, but most of the other people out there in charge of countries, I feel like I want to say stop and drop into your heart. And so let's feel what's going to be in the most service to the planet. Let's not just go like, okay, now we're just going to forget about COVID and we're going to go right back to the same old habits. Like this is an opportunity to, trans to transform how we live on this planet. Mm -hmm. so, that, so if we're making love with life, then we're also making love with everything on the planet. Not just, it's not just making love with people, trees, the waters, the mountains, the air. How are we going to honor and treat the world as our beloved? And that means caring about it, not just about human beings, but about all the species. And how can we live harmoniously on this planet and, and generate enough abundance for everyone to live, you know, in um, harmony I happen to live on Harmony Drive. I picked this house because I had to, <laughs> it was on Harmony Drive. And but to me, that's a big part of it. When we're, when, we're, when we're making love with life, we are feeling a sense of harmony and we're creating harmony. And in the wake behind our, you know, our, in our, behind our movements, leave a nice sense of harmony. Yeah, instead of pollution mean, and everything else. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that we, we push away. If, you know, if we're feeling a lot of fear, like I was just figuring out my money situation uh, about an hour ago. I was looking at how much money I have and what do I have to pay and how much is my monthly expenses because I normally don't do that that much because I usually have plenty of money and it's not that worried about, you know, a few hundred dollars here and there. But, um, but all of a sudden, because of COVID, my income just took a big contraction. Everyone's. So yeah, so, it's so I very was like, important. so I was noticing that I had a little bit of a contraction when I was figuring out, okay, and then I was like, no, but this is fine. I'm just going to figure out a new way to make this the money I need. And this is a new opportunity to do what I've actually been saying I want to do for the last year and a half, which is make more money online. And because of what's happened the last couple of weeks, you and I have both been online both for the ISTA core gathering and the ISTA first ISTA online festival. The festival, yep. And then I just spent the last two days doing an online course about learning how to use Zoom more effectively. And I realized I've been saying I wanted to do this, and now the universe is creating opportunity for me to learn how to do it and right. make money. And I know you just launched an online course. I did. And it was very successful, and I have another. Yeah. Plus, I was in another festival while we were in the ISTA festival. So I've everything I'm doing is, is turning into these little squares like Hollywood squares on TV or whatever. They <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. And I so, think, and I think that's the, that's an inspiration. Like when you were telling me about the, your extraordinary lovers course that you just launched a couple of days ago, I was like, wow, Lori's doing it. It's happening. I can do that too. So for those of you out there in this audience listening or watching us, it's also like, rather than getting stuck in the old mindset of what am I going to do? I can't do what I've been used to doing. It's like dropping into your heart and saying, like, what 
what has my soul been longing to do that maybe I haven't had the space or, or didn't feel like I could free enough. And now suddenly you have some space and you have some freedom. And, and it's really like that, that sense of dropping in to the spaciousness of what we are, because from a, from a tantric perspective, we're not, you know, in a non-dual tantric perspective, we're not a body and a mind. We're awareness. We're awareness showing up and experiencing a body and a mind because it's cool. Like, why wouldn't you want to do this? I mean, to be in a, in a formless state has its own qualities. But, you know, the human experience is a really unique and powerful experience. It really is. And, and so some go, people... Like, go back and say what non-dual is again, because that's... Okay, so... Because okay, a lot of oh, people haven't heard it like that. They've heard of Neo-Tantra. They've heard of Tantra. But when you say non-dual, that's so, really important. I can say how so, I learned it, but I want to hear how you yeah. learned it. So, so non-dual Tantra is, is, comes from probably the ancient roots of Tantra come from a non-dual Tantra perspective. Probably about 1,500 years ago in, in Kashmir or that area of northern India. Yeah. And most likely probably came from a group of wild women living in the forest, <laughs> dancing around in the charnel grounds, rolling around and, and um, celebrating ecstasy through making love with life. I would, I, that's my, this isn't historically proven, but this is. No, but that's I, okay. You have good, you have very good <laughs> instinct. And, and so the understanding of that was that there's no separation. So like, um, a lot of people who come into Tantra nowadays come from yoga. And so they may have been introduced to Patanjali's yoga sutras. But that tradition actually is a dualistic yoga tradition, which says transcendence, good, body, bad. Right. So in, your, in, in the whole time when you're doing yoga practice, it's to transcend the body. Tantra doesn't say that. Non-dual Tantra, which is the, the root of all Tantra, I mean, yeah, of all Tantra and all yoga, says it's all the one. There's no separation. The body is just as sacred. <clears throat> the body and the mind and the emotions and everything on the planet is just, just as sacred. sacred as the transcendent, whatever you want to think of as the God. Or, goddess. or the descendants as well. Let me say how I learned it. I, I'll just share with you. Like I came in to Tantra thinking about good and bad, right and wrong, um, opposites, polar opposites. And when mm -hmm. what I learned was everything is just what is. So for me, I came in like with a lot of anger, which I was always making wrong. And when right. I was taught that nothing is wrong and nothing is right, like it just all is, I stopped feeling ashamed of a feeling that I had, which was a predominant feeling. When I stopped shaming it and I could embrace it as part of the all of me, oh, it was so powerful. And then I could yeah. just deal with it like anything else. Like if I had a pimple or if I, you know, if I ripped my dress or whatever, it was just like, oh, this is a thing to deal with. And it isn't wrong. It yeah. just is I could you know put my arms around it so I learned it on that level and it was very very practical for me in yeah. order to embrace who I was and who I am yeah so I would say one of the things about that is to first recognize and you can actually do that it's it's not that you know sometimes people want to make it really philosophical but it's very practical if you if you're aware of something in your body 
it's, that's arising, it's arising because you're aware of it. If you couldn't feel it, you weren't experiencing the sensation, it wouldn't be existing for you. Right. And, and that's the same thing with the emotions. It's the same thing with thoughts. It's the same thing with beliefs. If you're kind of doing shamanic work, so, how, so one way, um, like even things about space and time and location, because I found that actually I think location, when you can learn to let go of this idea that I exist in this body-mind in a location, which is how most of us have been trained all our lives. Mm-hmm. And we've been taught to have an identity and a name and a place and who I am and my body looks like this and I'm this old and I do these, this is my career, right. this is my, you know, peak in my um you know, this tells you everything I've ever done. Um, CV, that's what I was looking for. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. So, like so if you can start to let that stuff go, then yes. you, you feel that you're, you're not limited by all those titles and all those ideas of location. And, um, and, you, and shamanically, that's one thing you learn. You certainly learn you can travel back to the time of the pyramid, right? You can travel across the universe. You can experience being a bear or a dolphin, or a star, or, you know, a black hole. You and know, you don't you can, have to take LSD. No, you don't have to do any of that. And you're <laughs> able to, to transcend all the things that seem impossible if you're just thinking everything has to be in this physical form. So exactly. shamanism teaches us that. And then we can even move beyond that, because that's still happening sort of in the subtle realms, the energetic realms. And then we can move into that place that's kind of like, the beyond the beyond, the gate gate, um, which you, you've talked about. Well, so I gate, made a dinner. Gate, I named a dinner yeah. that. Gate yeah. dinner. Yeah. yeah. So the gate gate is the beyond the beyond. So basically the beyond the beyond is something that a mind can't grasp because while we're in this human form, we're still, if we want to try to put words on something, we have to filter it through our mind. And language in and of itself always creates a sense of separation. It's limiting. So that's why yeah. that's why the mantra, uh, like gate gate is a mantra, uh, is taking us beyond the mind, beyond right. our ideas right. of who and what we are. Right. And so then we can expand even beyond anything we can imagine and start to recognize like, oh, I'm not just a person who's creating things. I'm the divine that created everything. and And we can start to expand how we understand who we are, how we, how we relate to life. And then it's kind of like this um, ability to, I, I just learned a new term the other day from, and on this course I took the last two days, pivot, don't panic. We can learn to just pivot, right? We, we're in the flow. I like, to, I, like it, I like calling it surfing on the edge. We surf our edges versus starting to panic when, and feeling like a rug's been pulled out from under yeah. us. Pivot, and uh, that's a very major term in, ta- in tango dancing. Oh. The, the Spanish-speaking tango teachers say pivot, and that means pivot, you know. And, and when I was at Landmark, we used to say um, turn on a dime or stop, yeah. change, start. Stop, change, start, yeah. go. Exactly. So, so I just need to tell you we're coming towards the end of our, of our time together. And so um, we need to take another little break here. When we come back, if you have any tip or anything else like that that you want to give to people, that's great. And then we're going to find out how people can get in touch with you, where they can find you and where they can find your new creations, et cetera. 
And also we're going to talk about when is this book coming? So I'm wagging my finger at you. (laughs) All right. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Sex and Happiness. You're seeing me, Laurie Handlers, with Crystal Dawn Morris. And, you know, if you like assuming the world comes back to some semblance, you may see us together live because often we are. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. So many times you've heard Lori talk about emotional release on this show. She says over and over again how important it is for you and your loved ones. Now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home. And you can practice Lottie Han too, meditation that prepares you for making love in the unknown. In her CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, she creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her Butterfly Workshops courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. This CD actually provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order your copy, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com right now. As a sex and happiness coach, I understand that increased sexual participation intensifies sexual responsiveness and desire, as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with a Sibian has personally increased my sexual response, and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. Sibian is an amazing experience often described as the Lamborghini of sex toys. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add. Trust me on this. I love my Sibian. Go to Sibian.com. That's S-Y-B-I-A-N.com. Or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 800-253-6135. 6135 and say Laurie Handlers told you about Sibian. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for men. That's Venus, V E N U S, for men. We are back, and this is our final segment today. So, Crystal Dawn, um, is there anything you want to leave people with to like to take a first step? on this uh, on this journey something like that that's that would get them into something we call non-ordinary reality you call yeah. it n-o-r well i'd like to take them through a little guided meditation can we do that is that okay um we can yeah we can because it just takes a couple minutes okay great so i call it the guidance to awakening the true self okay so um but if you're in a vehicle and you're driving please don't, don't do, do it this. <laughs> wait till you get home then you can listen, rewind and listen. Okay. But, um, but it's like starting out with your eyes open. You can just notice when we're in the world of form, 
that we've developed these habits of grasping and aversion. So the first thing is just to notice we have these habits. When we see something we like, we want to hold on to it. When we see something we don't like, we want to push it away. And that creates this constant kind of attachment to outcome that causes us to be uncomfortable. It's sometimes happy. It's sometimes that when the thing that made us happy goes away, we get unhappy. So first, we just want to notice this habit. So simply notice the habit of grasping and aversion. And then closing your eyes, you want to go inward. And it like imagine just dropping your attention down to the base of the heart chakra. This, it's right in the center of your chest, just around where the xiphoid process right over your breastbone ends. Dropping your attention in there and looking inward and bringing the focus of attention inward to that heart we talked about at the beginning of the call that's got that really big electromagnetic field and that's pulsing there. And notice what's always already there. That's the place we could call presence. You know, whatever's arising in our consciousness is arising in this present moment awareness. And this present moment awareness also tends to be identified with a location. And that location we call our body or our mind. So we often think of the I am as my body or mind. So notice that when we're attached to being in a location, we limit our experience. So if you find a way for, that works for you to cut your attachment to that location, just for the moment, knowing you can always come back to this sense of body-mind, and see, once you kind of free yourself from that attachment, allow that present moment awareness to expand and become infinite awareness. It's almost like the Big Bang, expanding out in all directions. Notice that this infinite awareness naturally radiates with what we might call timeless bliss. There's like a subtle vibration that you might experience, depending on your level of uh, kind of subtle awareness. You may experience even as a somewhat sexual energy, or it might just feel like a spaciousness. It might feel like a sense of grace or ease. So just see if you can tap into that sense of timeless bliss. And take a breath. Just let your body relax. Don't try too hard. Just see what's there. See if you can find that subtle little vibration. You can allow yourself to expand and relax into that timeless bliss, whatever that might be for you in this moment. And then notice that even when we experience that, there's something beyond. It's beyond even this infinite, spacious awareness of it that has the quality of timeless bliss. The gate, gate, peragate, perisamgate, soha. That which is beyond beyond, beyond the mind, beyond form, beyond time and space. And just allow yourself to rest there for a moment, feeling that actually I am this. And then taking a breath and slowly calling yourself back into that heart center, 
If you want, you can bring yourself back into that sense of body, mind. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. And as you open your eyes, you know, wow, guess what? I am this and then this I am. This that you're seeing, this that you're experiencing when you open your eyes, guess who's creating that? You are, the divine, the awareness that you are. And that is called, there's a, a teaching in the non-dual tantra called the five acts of God. So we'll end on the five acts of God, which is the first one being birth. So, of course, that's why I had to become a midwife, because I needed to learn that lesson, apparently. And also, my name's Crystal Dawn, the birth of the day. So there's the birth or the creating, the willing. You know, when we want to create something, we have this sense of, I really feel called. There's a willingness to want to do it. There's a creative life force energy that wants to spring out. So we're giving birth to something new. And then there's the maintaining, the nourishing, the nurturing. If once we create a new business or a new concept or a new, you know, we have to nourish it and nurture it and keep it thriving. And then there's the dissolving, the dissolution, the dying away, the releasing what no longer serves us. And that creates this life cycle. So, so creating, maintaining, dissolving. In, in the Hindu tradition, you have the, the different gods. You have the gods of the, the um, you have Vishnu, Brahma, Brahma Shiva, and Brahma. Yeah. Shiva is the destroyer. He's the destroyer. Right. Right. Um, let's see. I think it's Brahma is the creator, and creator, then Vishnu, Vishnu is, is the, the maintainer. maintainer. Yeah, and, and, and Shiva's the destroyer. Shiva destroys everything. Boom. Right. So that's considered part of our life cycle. And then the last two acts are, is that which I'm creating, maintaining, and dissolving creating more separation? Is it causing me to feel alienated? Is it causing me to feel separate? Is it causing me to suffer? Is it causing me to feel like I don't belong here? Or is what I'm creating, maintaining, and dissolving causing me to feel more connected to the divine, connected mm. to my true self, connected to my beloved, connected to my community? Is it in service? Am I making love with life? Or am I like, running off to my room and pouting because nobody loves me. Got it. Really <laughs> so, good stuff. Yeah. So every moment is an opportunity because this is really going on every breath. Every, every breath. breath is that we're, we inhale, we exhale. We're creating, maintaining, and destroying. The, mm -hmm. Literally the, the breath uh, is one of the most powerful ways we clear our body of toxins. Mm -hmm. So literally every time we breathe, we're creating, a new environment for herself and breathing out what no longer serves us to maintain a healthy body. That's why breath work is, can be so powerful. And what you're pointing to also is no fear. People do not have to fear dissolution. Exactly. People do not have to fear the dissolving or the destruction. That's a natural part of everything, breaking it down. So really good. And when, yeah, and when things die, it creates space for new things to be born. Just like sure. we've learned like in, in that time, the ISSA online festival we did. I mean, I had such a different, and I've been working, I think both of us have been working on Zoom for quite a few years. Yeah. So it wasn't like I'd never done it, but I had never done it in this way where we're really having a global experience with thought, you know, thought over thousands, thousands of people, people. Right worldwide and I was like oh my god there is a lot of power here and this is a really I knew it 
but I was kind of afraid to actually, I, you know, I didn't have enough in, impetus to actually do it. I didn't have the will. I would do it when I felt called, but I didn't know I could take it to that kind of level. And now yeah. COVID. We had the whole world in our hands, as the song goes. We had yeah. the entire world in our hands, like from every part of the globe at some point or other. We really, really right. did. Now, I, I need to ask you to that. give us information how people can reach you. So I have a new Facebook page that I just got my little, uh, whatever they call that. It's at Crystal D. Morris. So okay. that's my new Facebook page. That's probably the best place to go because that's where I'm going to be posting a lot of new free things that I'm going to be offering. And I have an ebook coming out very soon. That's not the Making Love with Life, but it's a, it's a collection of articles about Tantra that I've written over the past 15 years. Great. So that's going to be out in the next few weeks. I'm editing it. I'm just doing my final edits right now. Wonderful. And then I have uh, tantraversity.com which is my new online school. It's not that new, a couple years old, online school. And I have a course there called the CLAIM course, CLAIM Love and Freedom Now. And that is, uh, CLAIM stands for Conscious Love and Intimacy Mentoring with me as your mentor. So that takes people on a whole journey through videos. It's about seven and a half hours. And then I also um, am working on some new online courses can always They can always find you at, and they could always find you at ISTA. International yes. cool. Ista.life. Ista.life. And you can also just Google Crystal Don Morris and put Tantra in there. You'll find I'm easy to find. That's great. Um, That's so wonderful. yeah. I would thank I would, you. I really want to appreciate you, Lori. And um appreciate that you have this show, which is really cool. Thank and you. that you invited me on today. And my plan is I've just got a new impetus because of everything we've been on up to the last few weeks to really get on writing my Making Love with Life book. So that will be out probably a year or so, but hopefully I'll, um, I've been working on it for a few years, so I'm going to get it. Get first. it done. That's all. You got, listen, I, w- I don't want to say get nothing else to do because I, in this pandemic, we've had plenty to do, yes. but make this a priority, this creation a priority. It's really important. It's great stuff. Really great stuff. Yeah. And I think I want to put a plug in here for the Shek Shaman book, because you and I both have chapters in that book. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. I can hold that up. Yeah. So we have, we just did we a launch. We are both in this book, yeah. Sex Shamans. You can get it on Amazon, and we both have great, juicy chapters. Oh, I knocked my computer down. We both have great, juicy chapters in that book. Thank you. Yeah, so, so if you want to read something written by Lori or I right now that tells a little bit about who we are and how we got on this path, that's a great book. It is a great way. Well, everybody, I want to thank you for coming on today and being my, my listeners or my viewers. Crystal Dawn, I love you, and I thank mm-hmm. you for being on my show today. Thank and you, uh, hopefully we'll be able to see each other in person soon. And um, everybody, please tune in next time when I will have a guest who will talk to us about rapid transformation, like what her life was like before she did ISTA and what she's like now, because she is an amazing, I can't give her name yet, but she's an amazing human being. Crystal and I both know her and she is going to come on and just like talk about the transformative journey and what it could be like for somebody, because I'm of the school of instant transformation. I don't think people have to work on things forever. I think they can just shift if they come and if they put themselves in the right circumstances. So 
That's why she's coming on. So tune in next time. This is Laurie Handlers and Crystal Dawn. We're both going to say namaste. Namaste. To you. And thank you for... Thank you for coming on to Sex and Happiness. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.